Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Brew Crime, a craft beer and true crime podcast. I'm Mike. And I am Beck, and we are your hosts. On Brew Crime, we each take a true crime story and we pair it with a craft beer. You can find our show on your favorite podcast apps. If you can't find it, contact us and we'll try to change that. We can be found at www.brewcrime.com or on Twitter at Brew Crime and also on all the social media platforms for Pacific Beer Chat at Pacific Beer Chat. We can also be found at Brewcrime at PacificBeerChat.com. Join us as we discuss depraved killers, stupid criminals, and likely some completely unrelated tangents. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast involves topics such as violence, sex, and mental illness. If this might disturb you or those around you, please reconsider. Privacy and confidentiality have been protected with personal information removed when possible. If you ever feel unsafe or suicidal, please call your local crisis center, emergency services, or national hotline. In the U.S., the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. And always remember, you matter. Hey, this is Kate. If you were to scroll back on my list of episodes, you would find episode 23. It's called The Obscure Side of Podcasting, and it's a chat that I had with Justin from Obscura. And he was just starting out. I mean, I was barely starting out, but he was really a baby podcaster at that point. And we talked about some of the challenges and concerns and whatever of podcasters that are just starting out. This past weekend... Justin and I chatted again. It's sort of an update. And you don't need to go back and listen to all of 23 if you don't want to, but you may want to just pick a spot in the middle and just listen for a few seconds before you tune into this one so that you have a frame of reference. Because at least I hear it. I can hear what it sounds like when someone has sort of found their confidence behind the mic. And now he talks about it's still uncomfortable for him boy, has he picked up the lingo, right? He talks about a hot mic and I'm like, I don't even entirely know what that is, but it sounds dirty. And it's not. He just means that he has a very scripted, prepared show and I do not. And so I hear that from people like, oh, I don't know how to cope with a mic when I'm not scripted. But you know, he did just fine. So anyway, this is just sort of a an update, I guess. It's not part two, but it's 
talking about what is it like now that we're gotten rolling. And one of the things that I think is hilarious, and I noticed when it happened, I did, Justin. So if you thought you were being sneaky, you weren't. But he decided to turn it around on me. So it was more me being interviewed than him, which was fun. It really was. And I think overall, it was just sort of a an interesting little glimpse into the mind of two now adolescent podcasters, maybe. I don't know. We're not babies anymore, but I wouldn't consider us quite grown up yet, although maybe that's just because I'm terminally immature. I can accept that about myself. It's fine. So anyway, this qualifies to me as one of my lighter episodes in terms of content. It's not dark and hard and heavy. There is the typical disclaimer on the front, but mostly just because that's really fun for me to pick whose disclaimer I'm going to use this time and that sort of deal. But it also matters because it helps you get a glimpse into the other side of the computer or the other end of the earbuds or whatever. You know what I mean? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss. I remember when I came on your show last time and then like uh, we did a Patreon thing the time before that uh, mm-hmm. I was so much like I, I was so uncomfortable talking on the mic and I feel a lot better about it now. Like, you know, I've just yeah, gotten used practice. to it. Yeah. I mean, that was the time you were a baby. Yes. Yeah. Just a few <laughs> episodes out, just a few episodes out. And then uh, on top of that, I don't know what it is, but whenever I get on like a live mic, there's this thing in my brain that wants to revert back to like a uh, like a fast food voice, you know, when they get on there and they talk with like a very clean, like overly clean voice. So I get to where like I really want to clean up my voice, even though that's completely not necessary. You know, I want to like smooth it out and make everything sound overly nice. Right. So I've gotten a lot more comfortable just speaking. Which is good. I mean, and that's that's part of why I like I almost never listen to episodes before I publish, like the the interview part. Yeah. You know, I I record an intro and I record the outro, and I I sometimes even don't listen to that if I feel like I got it, we're good. Yeah. Because I'll get like OCD almost with oh, there's that's that pause is too long. Let's take. 10 you know microns of a second off like you know i'll go i go insane with it so better not to better to just let it be what it is oh i i get that completely sometimes when i'm editing my episodes i seriously spent 30 minutes the other day because i added a t sound to the end of a word that didn't need a t sound <laughs> I, I, I spent 30 minutes trying to clean that out before I finally just, you know, did the intelligent thing and just re-recorded the sentence. But, like, my initial thought process was like, okay, well, let's try to clean that up. And then I realized, like, oh, okay, I should actually just go through and fix that. But in reality, I mean, I don't think a lot of people care that much. It's just 
when you listen back to your stuff, you just, you have this like desire to have everything sound perfect. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm my own worst critic. And yep. so if I listen back and it's already out there, then no big deal. Like I let it be. But if I listen back and I haven't published yet, then yeah, I have to edit more. And then I've gotten pretty unlucky uh, since I've started. I've had two incidents of extremely sore throat. So I've had mm. to record like four episodes total, uh, you know, separate it two episodes one time and two another with like an extremely sore throat. So like mm. I listen back to that. And the, the, the funny thing is the reaction, because there are people where they're like, hey, what's wrong with your throat? Are you going to fix that, you know, next week? And then there are people that are like, Hey, I like your voice like that. Like that sounds <laughs> awesome. And it's like, well, unless I start smoking a pack a day and just like gurgling whiskey every morning, you're not going to get it. I apologize. Well, and it's funny. Okay. Because women get a different sort of reaction. Like we get much more of it. That's your sexy voice. Yeah. Husky sort of sound. And men, we meanwhile are like, Oh, when are you going to get rid of that? And women are like, Oh, don't get better. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah exactly. It is what it is, you know. I've noticed that um, your podcast has really started to evolve over time. It went from like this, you know, true crime thing, and then you've really expanded in subjects. Yeah. And then finally, you're kind of like branching out into this separate podcast. It seems like uh, you your obsessions sort of wonder. Then I'm what? I'm sorry. It seems like you're. Obs- obsessions you know sort of wonder like oh for sure for sure i don't i don't focus very well at all 100 <laughs> percent. i am wildly unfocused and there are definite topics some several interview subjects or whatever where i have it on my calendar as this is what we are about to talk about today and then we start talking and i'm like that is not on my list dude <laughs> what are you doing? and the best i can do is just let it happen just I, I, I've learned how to step back and just let the people be who they are. And if they sound stupid, well, you know what? That's on them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. And I think as well, a lot of people, you know, they get in an interview with you and then it's so conversational that they just sort of let themselves go. Yeah. And, and I mean fine. that as a compliment. That's, yeah, I appreciate it. That's fine. That's, that's, I think very much a, Hey, 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 that's what people are tuning into and i'm not like oprah or something it's not like they're i'm not like a talk show host because we still try to keep it somewhat focused especially if the person's boring you know yeah. <laughs> so there is that but it just that people feel relaxed enough that they just kind of wander that's cool that's cool so I just, i've been happy with it yeah and i mean it seems you've got an extremely active facebook group i'm very envious of that you know i go in there and it's it's popping you know yeah there are a lot of people involved in your facebook group yeah it's a it's a fun it's a really fun thing so when you first started straying away from true crime did you get a lot of people that were upset with that did you get a lot of people that were like hey why are you why aren't you strictly not listeners listeners are fine with it i think in large part because that happened pretty early on and uh you know i didn't it, nobody had it, listeners didn't really realize they could question that do you know what i mean like they, they just sort of okay this is what she's doing now no big that's kate being kate fine but other podcast hosts have given me shit oh really yep wow 
but when I go on Facebook after an episode, when I'm on Facebook, I'm a member of approximately 6,000 groups, I think. I mean, it's insane. I don't know. I'm probably, it's probably only 600, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> too many. And I have a certain route that I take to remember to hit all of them. And I have to be careful because I've been openly, like directly chastised for this episode is not true crime. You can't post that here. Oh, wow. And yeah. sometimes it's things that are like, this is about, like, so I, I just had an episode not too long ago about criminal justice, theories of criminal justice. Why do we lock people up? Yeah. And, I mean, how how is that not true crime? Yeah, I've been thinking about it because I've I've seen when you comment and, you're, and you say that you're not quite true crime. And I thought of a good way to put it. I would say that ignorance was bliss is true crime adjacent. Yeah. It's, it's adjacent yeah. to true crime. It's very much related to true crime. In the vicinity of. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, a, it's adjacent to it. So I, I think I think personally, you know, it fits on those groups. But, you know, you have some people on there. They, uh, they get very strict. Your show is kind of, you know, in my eyes, it's when people listen to a lot of true crime shows and, you know, maybe they want to step away from, you know, your typical narrative true crime or your chatty true crime. They kind of want to take it to that level where, okay, well, what about some of the things that are surrounding true crime, like the prison systems or maybe the psychology around certain aspects of true crime? That's the way mm-hmm. I always saw it. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Is that it, that I never tried to fit in a genre one way or another because... I didn't feel like I had to or that I should, you know, because I had things to say that were not in any one genre. Yeah, I've I've experimented a little. I released an episode a little bit ago now, but it was on fatal insomnia. Yes. And uh, I've only had a couple people say, hey, this isn't exactly true crime. And what's funny, though, is that you know, it's something I've obsessed over since I was younger. I watched a documentary on it when I was a kid. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, well, what's funny is that since I really, you know, I create my show and I have basically, I don't have a strict format, but there's a format that exists in my brain of how I cover things. And by the time I was done writing the episode, it occurred to me that I covered a disease, a rare disease, as if it was a serial killer. Sure. Like I... I covered its various, you know, the victims of the disease, its origin, et cetera. And then up until modern day, as if I would have covered a serial killer. So I think most people responded extremely well because of that. But, you know, you're going to always get a few people that, you know, the loudest of the bunch that are, you know, more negative than others that don't want Some you to. Some people are just assholes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, there's no getting around that. And, and you say, uh, you said, uh, you know, you had a few podcasters that were a little uh, critical of where you were putting it. And ever since I started a podcast, immediately my rule was uh, to do my best, you know, not to, I would rather go to someone privately and say, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, you know, this is my issue, you know, with you. Uh, you know, I learned very quickly that there's sort of like, there's a code, you know, instead of making a big deal of out of it in the open, you know, well, I mean, it's just respect, you know, it's like, that's how I would treat anybody, you know, at work or a friend or whatever, where if you screwed up, at least the first time, I'm going to go to them privately. And then if they continue screwing up, 
Well, now I'm going to take it public. Exactly. Just like in anything else, there are fans and listeners or customers, if you want to just boil it down to that. And then, you know, you have people that are in your field of work. In in my opinion, at least, they should treat each other a bit differently because, you know, we're we're out here on the uh, battlefield together, if you will, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just roughing it. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things that sort of surprised me about people questioning, you know, because they weren't questioning, like, gee, I don't know if you should post this here. It was an outright, like, this is not true crime. You shouldn't post this here. And the only reason that I was willing to forgive it at all is because they didn't post it publicly in the group. They at least came to me one-on-one. But it, it, still, I was just like, really? Like, why do you care? Personally, you know? I, I really think that uh, it's interesting to have more shows like yours that are a bit more out there, a bit more on the fringe or niche, uh, because we see so many of them uh, that are very similar to each other. So many of them. And, you know, I won't go into you know specifics, but, you know, there's a lot of them that kind of carry a lot of the same words and names, et cetera. And then yours is sitting there with your daughter's unique art and it's called Ignorance with Bliss. And it's this you know, interesting fringe thing. And uh, I almost wonder if some people get annoyed by that, that you kind of broke outside of the mold. Well, yeah, I think I absolutely am. I'm not supposed to have done as well as I've done. Like, first of all, I'm not supposed to speak the way that I speak. You know, when if I'm out front about numbers or if I'm out front about whether it's on the show or whether I'm talking about like so-and-so did this in a group, like I'm very forthright and people don't like that, especially out of a woman. You know, I'm supposed to sort of speak nicely and play nicely and not call names, you know, or not, not call out names and not identify problems or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't rule that way. So. Yeah. You're not going to sit there and just, you know, be quiet. Basically you're going to speak your mind. (laughs) I am not well behaved. No. And and (laughs) I I would also say that like what that means some of the times I also, I refuse to take sides on things and i think that i get some shit for refusing to take sides yeah yeah that's that's a that's a tough place to be that's a tough place to be you know basically your own person in the center of it and willing to see both sides of an argument well and people tell me things and i'm like why do you tell me things and then get mad at me (laughs) (laughs) you know like for knowing the thing that you told me like ugh. so it is what it is and uh and I appreciate what you're saying. I do. You know, it's it's helpful that to not feel vilified all the time. So, well, I mean it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. And I appreciate uh, it. yeah, and I'm sorry that for the show today, I didn't have the same subject I had in mind before. That's but fine. the thing that happens a lot with me is that I'm working on usually about three different ideas at once, and they get written in different order. And, you know, the one thing that I was talking about, I wouldn't want to come on here and just, you know, speak my opinion on it. I wouldn't, I would want to be well-researched before, you know. We can just bullshit for now. That's fine. You know, I'm always good with talking shop and we can make that into a thing some other time. But I will say, uh, you know, I, I worked on the Voodoo Murders Part 1 and I have Voodoo Murders Part 2 on the way. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I liked doing with that is that when I looked up a lot of the different voodoo coverage out there, I realized there are two things. A, it's tough to cover 
because people will get very upset about voodoo coverage. And then B, I realized the reason why. And it's that a lot of voodoo coverage out there, they vilify the religion itself. And so the thing that I've really tried to do with these episodes is basically create a separation. Like here is voodoo, the religion. It's still practiced by, you know, thousands of people, you know, to this day. Uh, and then here is the evil people that use voodoo as a muse. And here are the crimes they committed. And so that's the distinct, you know, separation mm-hmm. I wanted to create. And I already had a few people. They commented on Twitter and a few places like, oh, voodoo is so scary. And I immediately stepped in and said, hey, you know, it's not so much voodoo. You know, it's the people that used it. It's the bastardization. When you get somebody who is willing to bastardize their version of a religion without doing any effort to figure out what the religion actually is. Exactly. It makes me crazy. You know, I, I, I obviously I live in Salem. And so people talk about witches or Satanism all the time. And it's like, yeah, Satanism is a thing. But you know what? It's less violent than Christianity. Yeah, and then I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. You know, it, it's truth is what it is. My thing that I do is that, you know, in the podcast itself and on Twitter, uh, I don't specifically go out of the way to mention what my politics are, what my religion is. But if anyone ever wanted to come to me and, you know, they want to DM me, they want to email me, they want to ask me, you know, I'll tell them that way. And the reason why is that, you know, I don't want to make, I personally, the way that my show is made, I don't want to make the show about that. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to be about two things. I wanted to be about, about the victims and the killers. And if I have the information available, I try to make it a equal. I try to make it just as much about the victims, you know, as the killers. And then the other thing I try not to do is glorify the killers. But uh, typically speaking, you know, you're not going to find uh, religion or politics in an episode. But at the same time, I see some reviews on people's shows where they bash people uh, for talking about their politics or their religion. And uh, they they drop one stars on it or whatever. And it's like, you went to somebody's, you know, you went to someone's free podcast, you went to their free episode, and you got upset by what they believe in. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, I just, one of my latest, I don't think it was the latest bad review. I collect them. It's like salt and pepper shakers, whatever. Um, But one of my more recent ones, somebody started from episode one, which, okay, I get why. But at the same time, like, I did that so long ago and with such a different mindset that holding me to that is just wild to me. Like, I, I, I still think the same, but I speak differently. You know. oh, oh yes i know what you're saying perfectly i go back uh i i have recorded the first thing i ever actually recorded all right so my second episode is actually technically my first two episodes but just kind of smashed together because i was basically learning how to craft an episode and even before that uh, there were dry runs of those episodes. And when I go back and I listen to those like original dry runs, and even then uh, that second episode in particular, which is like, again, technically my first two, uh, 
when I listen to any of that, I cringe. Like I can't go back mm-hmm. and listen to it. I think the thing that I was trying to do, and I don't know if this is similar for you, but I was trying to replicate a lot of the uh, MSNBC voices that you hear and a lot of the way that things are told. And in, so instead of kind of uh, finding my own style, which I say t- it took until episode 10, to be honest, yeah. for me to actually find. Uh, and so instead of finding my own style, my own voice, uh, being more comfortable with just talking the way I talk and not trying to sound very news broadcaster until that happened. Um, I look back on some of those early episodes and it's, it's pretty brutal. So yeah, to hold you to those first episodes, that's kind of rough. And I know exactly what you mean by that. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, for me, it, it also is not that I'm scripted um, or that I pay attention to my voice exactly because I get excited. Right. And, Uh, You know, I'm so especially early on, like I'm so excited that somebody else is willing to listen to me because, you know, the big sort of impetus behind me starting a podcast is that I was sitting at home feeling useless, you know, and and feeling irrelevant, I guess would be the right word. And because I'm ability and I'm surrounded by kids and they never listen to anything. And so, you know, it's that like. I, I was feeling lost. I was losing myself and, and having a podcast that somebody's listening to me. Holy shit. Nobody's listened to me for years. You know, at least the way I felt like, of course my husband was listening to me, but he, he's heard all my stories. So that doesn't count. And I can hear like still now I get excited talking to people, but in those early episodes, I really hear how excited I get or how emphatic I, I speak about things. And then realizing like, tone it down. These people don't know me they don't know when i'm not kidding necessarily but they don't know how to read me nor should they they're not used to me and so i listen to those early episodes and and i cringe a little bit and there's one woman now i still hold to this opinion but um that having schizophrenia effectively you reach a point where you are believing in a thing that other people cannot see and you are feeling things that other people cannot feel and it, you revolve your whole life around it and it gives you a, a moral compass. How is that different from organized religion? You know, and I'm, and I'm trying to say it not in the sense of therefore organized religion is a sickness, but in the sense that that's why people with schizophrenia have such a hard time laying their reality down and accepting yours. So I can say it in a more approachable way. But however, I did say it in like episode three, this woman lost her fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that you compared my religion to mental illness. I'm unsubscribing. So I think what happened there is instead of looking at it, that you were trying to give other people a more empathetic perspective of mental illness, since she couldn't look at it empathetically she instead took it as an insult. She took yeah, it she as took it okay. very personally. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And you know, going back to something you said just a bit ago, where you said you were sitting around the house and you were feeling useless. Uh, I think that it's funny that a lot of us podcasters, you know, they ha- they share a similar story because I think when I started mine, you know, we all start at different ages, but for me, I was staring down the barrel of 30 and uh, my birthday is 12 days. No, 11 days from now I'll be 30. And I told myself 
you know, you've, you've been spending your whole life thinking about doing something creative, but you've never committed to it because you always feared that you would fall on your face. So I told myself that this is your one shot. This is the thing that you're going to do and you're going to give it your best. And if it works out, then great. If it's not fine, you can go be a security guard or whatever you're going to work in for the rest of your life, but at least give it this one shot. And like you, I had a lot of that similar feeling. You know, I was sitting around the house. I have a family. I have a stepdaughter and a step grandson and everything else. I was sitting around the house and, you know, I felt like my voice wasn't being heard. And I think that for podcasters, just that, just the fact that, you know, even if it was just 50 people, you know, listening every week, that's 50 people that weren't listening before. That's 50 more people that tune in every week and they listen to what you have to say. And even if you get one stars, those people are still showing up every week and they appreciate what you say. So I think the main thing is that you have to look at those one stars and you have to think those are the outliers because you look at your iTunes reviews and you'll have 155 stars and then you'll have like four one stars. So you have to keep in mind that every now and then you're just going to upset people. And I think what people come to your show for Kate is that they get your unfiltered perspective. And even (laughs) if you've toned it down a little bit, I'd still say you're relatively unfiltered. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it, 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 you know, largely because I just don't give a shit anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I have had moments of like the most undignified you can be in this life. You know, I've had times where literally like I've been in the hospital and had six strangers looking at my ass. You know what I mean? It, 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 it does not get worse than that in terms of dignity, in terms of you know, this sense of self as an adult and that kind of thing. And so why not say what I, what I think? And then if I'm wrong, I'm wrong when we can have a conversation that goes from there, but what if I'm right? You know, and I welcome people arguing with me or or disagreeing with me because that makes me think, I think that's part of it. When I say that I wasn't being heard is that I felt like I wasn't thinking anymore. I was just repeating myself or I was just sitting silent when you know something would happen and my husband and I would like talk about the news or whatever but I wouldn't bother voicing my opinion about it because he already knows you know he's a smart guy I don't need to repeat myself for this guy and so I was falling into that trap you were just being there you were just existing basically yep exactly so no it's been a tremendously big deal to start a podcast, just not just in terms of details, but in terms of, you know, I was quite literally losing myself, my sense of purpose and my sense of competence in the world. Like I was feeling very much like, why don't you just shut up? Having that opportunity to, speak up again and know that I have words that people are listening to has been priceless. And I think that's one of the things that happens that I, I don't think a lot of listeners realize just how appreciated they are. They sort of, at least, you know, for me, they, they become like an anchor for me, you know, like no matter how difficult life gets, no matter what's going on, 
I've been doing it for a little over five months now. And in those five months, you know, it's given me something, you know, okay. So there is a lot of personal sacrifice, but if you, if you do come to love it and you'd have to be crazy to do this and not love it, but if you do come to love it, they, they really are just another anchor in your life. You know, now, now the way I see it, you know, I have, you know, my family and I have my listeners. And if I'm not thinking about my family, I'm thinking about the next episode to put together for my listeners. It just gives me that next, you know, thing to do and not just go through the motions of life and just tune out and, and just be just a part of, you know, I, I don't want to say sheep because that's so cliche, but just kind of just walk through with my brain turned off, just walk through life and maybe read an article here or there, but just not have anything to say about it. It's nice to basically just, yeah, be able to voice my opinion and maybe not opinion, but my views and then have people tune in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's priceless. And I don't think it's, it feels, I don't know whether it feels overdramatic or earthy, crunchy or both, but it feels something to say that I feel like podcasting saved me in a way, but it did. I wasn't like suicidal or anything like that. Like it's not that dramatic, but I was losing myself. And so for, to have this thing come along and pull me back from, from being completely lost. Like that's a big fucking deal. No, I, I know what you mean. I I think what happens is, is when you're younger, you know, a lot of people, they go through life and they, they think the world revolves around them and they, you almost feel like you're a part of your own movie, you know, that, that yeah. everyone else is bit players. And then eventually when you start to have a family and you have kids around and you just kind of get, lost you you just kind of get lost in the day-to-day and everyone else you know everyone else around you you know they they get your 100 devoted attention but you're not spending any of that time for your own creative pursuits or your own thoughts and that's what i think podcasting provides a lot of us and that's too funny that you you use that phrasing about you know being in a, in a movie because i when so you know i got very sick basically since 2010 i have been losing my grip on my own life losing huge chunks of me keep getting carved away and i would describe it to you know my husband and my mother not that she listens but as that i feel like i'm i'm a supportive actor in my own life now and that has to be good enough you know that maybe my work is done on earth and maybe the best thing i ever do is create these children and my role is to support them so that they can go on and do big things. And on the one hand, that has to be okay. And on the other hand, that sucks and it's not okay. You know what I mean? And so that's very much my, was my mindset was, was struggling, constantly struggling to accept that this is good enough, that this, these children or this knitting, which was my other hobby, like this may be it. This is all my productive life here. And then to stumble on podcasting and to suddenly have this resurgence of me, that's fucking amazing. And I listen back to those early episodes where I'm so tentative and it's not because I'm afraid of who will listen or that I'll screw up. It's that I I have not convinced myself that people want to listen to me. I get that. I get that completely. Uh, You know, even just, uh, I'm sure if you went back and you listened to the old interviews we had, I was, I was terrified to be on a hot you mic. 
you speak so much more confidently now for sure. And I think that's what it was, is that basically I hit a certain point. I think it was after episode nine and I had grown just so much more confident in what I was doing. And then after 10, it was received so well. And my listenership jumped up so much after that. It was like, I think 10 was when I really felt like I had the rocket strapped to my back. And after that, I just, I decided like, if this is it, like I found something, I, you know, I feel like I'm good at it. I'm willing to, you know, die on this sword for this pursuit. And, you know, if somebody doesn't like the show, let me tell you, it's not because of lack of effort, because if someone doesn't like it, I give it more than 100% every single week. So if you don't like it, well, then you legitimately do not like me at my absolute best, because this is what I put any ounce of free time, any moment alone into. <laughs> I've pretty much like, when people ask, like, oh, have you seen this movie or have you seen this TV show? Or <laughs> right. It's like, no. nope, I've been doing one thing and that's it. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> you know, and I think it's just, you know, I would be happy creating the podcast with just the audience I had now, have now. So just reaching that point is basically the thing where it kind of woke me up and said, wow, this is something someone cares about. And I think that's what helped go a long way in giving me confidence and creating the show I create. Yeah, this is, I, I have calmed down enough that this is me. This is as much as you're ever going to get uh, of me. I mean, whether it's scripted or not, you bring yourself to a, even a scripted show. And, and so I think that might be what you want. Well, that's not what you want. I think that might be maybe one of the reasons why when you see a, you know, a one star review, because in a way mm -hmm. they're basically telling you that they don't like you mm -hmm. because you, you know, I, I know you Kate, you, <laughs> I think I get busy on this. I honestly don't even know how you juggle as much as you do. Oh, I just make shit up and throw it out there, but yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and for me, it's a, because I don't script. And so there's the background, there's the research to it. And there's the editing that goes into it. And I, you know, there is editing. I joke that I don't, but I, I, it's just not in terms of, I don't take the ums and uhs and you knows out. So that there probably is why, you know, and it's heavily because I have, first of all, a really understanding family. And secondly, I have a schedule that is totally different from theirs. I have the right structure around me to let me do the things that I really enjoy doing. Um, but I'm able to bang them out fast because of that, because there's sort of less editing and less thinking. I don't let myself double, you know, overthink. Because I'll tell you, talk about cringing. I listen back over to episodes now, especially when I'm talking to people that I'm really sort of intimidated by for one reason or another, and I'll hear my answers and I'll be like, what the hell were you doing? You know, so I'd second guess and I go nuts with that. So I just have to like, I have to slap them together and throw them out really fast because otherwise I'll overthink it and I'll get stuck. And even then talking about not editing the ums and ahs, uh, you still are busier than I'd say 99% of the people <laughs> in podcasting. I don't, I, I think, I think you're completely underselling it. 
because I, I really legitimately could not keep up with your workload. I, you know, the thing is, I don't know how to not, I don't, I don't have any idea. And this is not me trying to sound like a self-righteous asshole or me, I just am one. I don't know, but I don't have any idea how to work less. You know, once I have thrown myself into a project and it matters to me, I don't have any idea how to not give it everything I have. And so, yeah, when I, when, when I get the negative reviews or whatever, yeah, there's a sting to it because it's like, that's, you got the best of me right there. And I don't know how to be anything better unless it's something like, you know, I've gotten reviews, you know, reviews like calm down or we don't like your music kind of reviews. And then it's like, great, thank you. You gave me something I can work with. I might do what you say or I might ignore you, but at least I can work with it one way or the other. You know, but the ones that are just like, you know, everything about this sucks and we're all going to die. Like, shit, you know, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I cannot give you any better than what you just had. So, Talk to us, though, so that people don't forget and so that people tune into your hard work. Okay. Just, you know, real quickly, uh, if you like produced shows, uh, you know. Think case file, think lore. Recently, I noticed I've been getting compared a lot to Jack Luna. Uh, if you like shows where you have a case and it gets told to you in a narrative style with music, sound effects, uh, audio clips, you know, from 911 calls, you know, all of that, uh, and then almost zero filler. So if a case needs to be 30 minutes, then the episode's 30 minutes. If the case ends up 90 minutes, uh, like a few, a couple episodes on there, then, you know, ends up 90 minutes. Uh, you're not going to have uh, too much in the way of opinion or anything. You're going to get the case, but it's also going to be respectful to the victims. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, then check out Obscura True Crime Podcast. Uh, I will say right now, uh, we're a little bit of a cult fa- favorite. I have a wonderful writer named Heather Sutphin. Uh, she, she, I honestly... Uh, don't know how I would have continued without her. She's helped a lot in reducing the workload. Uh, and together we put in a lot of great work towards making something uh, people love. And that's the other thing I'll say is I've looked at the analytics and we have an awesome attach rate and people will find our podcast. to listen to it for the first time and they'll say, Hey, your show is now one of my favorites. So if you're going to start listening, maybe start from episode 10. (laughs) <laughs> because from then what, on what is it about 10 do you think there was a lot of changes starting in episode 10 i think episode 10 is when i introduced the fire crackle i threw a little bit of a uh, midnight society in there you know and i think i also just got more confidence in the product i was creating uh and i just started to figure things out i, I found out what i wanted the show to be and uh i think 10 is the great stepping on point personally because the three, unfortunately, it took a sort of misstep before that. And the three episodes before it, the Oba Chandler episodes, are honestly a little bit uh, a little bit darker than I even like. I've actually thought about taking them down and putting them on the Patreon. Uh, but I, I think that after 10, it got right to that exact balance I enjoy. So the right balance between victim and killer. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. And, and, and let me just say that the, the show is amazing. 
you know, I, you and I happened, I don't even remember how exactly, but we happened to cross paths very early in your development. I think like three episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. Something. I mean, I remember talking to you before you did those, ep- the Obachandler episodes, because you were talking about looking for voice actors. So it's been a while and it has been, I, you know, if you sucked, I wouldn't still listen. Do you know what I mean? Like I have enough <laughs> that's going on in my life that if I didn't like the show, I wouldn't plug it. So absolutely worth, worth a listen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kate, for saying that. I do apologize for the quality of the audio in that here and there. I don't know why that happened or what happened, and I can't seem to make it better. So there's weird sort of skips and garbledness and whatever. And if you didn't notice, then it didn't happen. We're great. But overall, I think that there is a process that happens. And when Justin is a billionaire with a beach house on whatever place the cool kids have beach houses by then i fully expect a week or two every summer to go play because i mean i knew him when right seriously i do hope that we can continue to check in because i think it's this sort of subtle but important process and i think we always end up bringing some piece of ourselves to every show even when we don't intend to even when we don't know that we're doing it So just sort of keep an ear out. And I'm not asking people to give, you know, positive reviews or five stars or whatever. Not for me. Anyway, do it for Justin because he's doing a good job. That's fine. But for me, that's not what it's about. Uh, That's not why I'm doing it. But do just keep in mind, I think there are some people out there Fuck it. You know what? It's not worth saying that there's people on the other end of the mic because I think the meanest reviewers and the nastiest moments between podcasters are all because we know there's a person behind the mic. It's because we know we can hurt somebody. It's just that anonymity lessens the chance of retaliation, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know. Whatever. You get the point. It's just it's two people who are talking about the thing that we really enjoy doing. We're talking shop. It's good stuff. Except when it's not good stuff, except when it's scary. You know, there's a lot of vulnerability in saying to someone, you are getting the best that I can give you. And shit, I really hope that's enough. And we click publish. Didn't you feel better before you knew that? Justin, thank you so much for chatting. It was fun. It's been been a while. He and I have a potential project or two up our sleeves for down the road sometime, so maybe that'll work out. And I'm not abject begging. You are. Okay, I am. Thank you also to Mike, who is my latest Patreon. Patron? What is the word? Supporter? I don't know. I, whatever. Superhero. Thank you. I, I am grateful. And I have six more episodes lined up but it was it's good six I can do you know that's what I say and five or six is under control and I have some really great interviews on my calendar whatever it's called I whatever (laughs) the moral is there's cool stuff so everybody please hang in there and Tasha I'm looking at you stay sane
Do you like action? Yes. Adventure? Of course. Spooky ghosts? Um... Scary monsters? Not really. Then why not check out Bedley Kids? Listen in as Chris... And Kaylee. Take a journey through the adventures of Scooby-Doo. And those humans he's deemed cool enough to hang out with him. Listen everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Like right next to that clue over there. Or at meddlingkidspod.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.